0: Success is subjective podcast series brought to you by the College Parent Survival Network, presented by Lily Consulting. I'm your host Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Danny Racio. Danny is a native of Costa Rica and has no more than a couple of scattered blood ties in other countries. He often says that while he was born in Costa Rica, he was actually born as an adult in South Africa, where he studied abroad in Cape Town and went through his quote-unquote coming-of-age experience. Among many other things, South Africa instilled in him a deep curiosity and passion for the immensely mysterious and diverse world of people and culture. It has been more than 20 years since this experience and over a decade since he finished graduate school and started New Summit Academy with his dear colleagues and partners. The thirst for knowledge and zest for life that South Africa sparked in him has only kept on growing with these other experiences. Now, Danny is trained in clinical psychology, but chose to step outside of his confines for his doctoral work, which was in integrated ecology. In 2012, he ventured to start their young adult program called The Bridge. In 2016, he researched and gave birth to the Supportive Immersion Approach and the Supportive Immersion Institute. Almost simultaneously, they were strengthening their connections in South Africa to create their gap year program called Sibanye. Danny is now the Director of Culture and Integration where he focuses on providing a sense of connectedness and congruence to their programs, guided by the principles of supportive immersion and collaborating in keeping a balance between head and heart, assertiveness and humility, progress and presence. His partners say his job is to tend to the fire of the spirit for their mission. Now, in his personal life, he likes to be a kid when playing with his own children and sharing a life's mission with his wife. So let's not wait any longer. Here's Danny. All right, Danny, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, always happy to chat (laughs) with you.
0: I feel like we talk about this, or at least the last time, last times we've been around each other, we've talked about this exact topic, right? A lot of this idea of like what success looks like and just like what young emerging adults need. So I'm eager to. To dive in with you about your own personal story, but then like really get into the meat of a lot of the work that you do. So why don't you go ahead and actually tell our listeners right out of the gate, where did you actually grow up? And what were you hearing from your immediate family about the, the kind of pressure or lack thereof of post-secondary education? And then outside of your family, kind of what was that pressure or what existed related to post-secondary education in the community in which you were raised
1: yeah so I grew up in Costa Rica I'm actually a native uh, Costa Rican and I only started coming into touch with a lot of the culture of the United States later on in my life so um, yeah so it, yeah I guess I have a different background to, uh, to share. I went uh, for elementary school. I went, I went to an arts conservatory, and that was the most liminal place you can imagine. Um, half of the time there weren't classes, half the classes were just completely improvised. And um, my brother and I always talk about how everywhere you walked, there was a couple of people. Practicing jazz or dancing or doing something weird, and um, so that's kind of the way uh, that was my entry into education. And um, and then for high school, I went to a much more like a Catholic private school, which is probably the most different scenario that I could have found. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really rigorous and yet I don't think I cared a whole lot. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't very focused on, on education. I, I just kind of got through it and I don't know. I never felt a whole lot of pressure to get an education of a sort or another. Um, I actually went, when I finished high school, I took a gap year and, and went to South Africa, which is why I, to the Western ear I sound somewhat South African um, even though in South Africa I don't sound quite South African to them yeah so I spent a year in South Africa and I didn't know what I wanted to study and then I came back and, and I knew that I wanted to study psychology that's kind of what shaped the direction of what I wanted to study I became super passionate and I am today still very very passionate about the world of people uh, just the way that people interpret events and, and the fact that we're all kind of the same thing, but we're, we all have our own little world. Um, so that's kind of what drives my curiosity to this day. Um, and I didn't think, or I didn't have any expectations of being a regular mediocre or good student but um when i started studying psychology in the first class intro to psychology or whatever psychology 101 or whatever the professor I, I got the highest grade in the class and the professor said you have talent for this and i said wow i never saw myself as talented in education but uh, i've gone all the way to get a phd and um i would say more out of passion than anything there, there nobody was expecting that i would
0: i love that because it's not even i I love how you just talked so so succinctly about your educational journey starting from the diversity in which kind of the environments you were learning in as an adolescent leading up to kind of your your vision or like yeah i wasn't really like thinking about college or what comes next and i i think that does play a role culturally speaking, in where it is that you're raised, right? We talk about it often, you and I, because we work with a lot of young people from the United States, and the pressure that exists in the United States is very different than maybe your experience in Costa Rica. So having gone through all the way to get your PhD, I'd love for you to actually even talk about some of the things peppered in. Like, what did you do in addition to earning more degrees and kind of following this path of curiosity, what work were you doing along the way that was also fueling your interest?
1: Yeah, I guess I have to, I, the origin, I I tell people um, all the time that I was born in Costa Rica but I was born an adult in South Africa. that's kind of how I phrase it and so a lot a lot of things awakened for me when I was there um in particular the this curiosity and this um amazement for what the world had to offer and that's really where it all started and then i I did my undergrad here in Costa Rica, and I mean I had jobs here and there, but nothing really special, I, I, nothing that I would say, you know, this influenced me in any sort of way. But I really wanted to leave Costa Rica. I As soon as I got back, I was just finding the quickest way to leave and go see the world again. And then I studied in the U.S. I did uh, my master's degree in the U.S. And that was such a fantastic opportunity for me. Um I assume that for people who live in the states, just going to college in the states is in itself a really um, great experience of of expansion and learning and friendship and so on and so forth. Um, but it was really impactful for me, and i uh, I was gifted with the opportunity to live with um, people from three different continents. so, I was from one continent, and then the other three people were from different continents. I lived with a girl from Japan, a girl from Kenya, and a girl from Poland. And right across our the hall, we there was a guy from Bulgaria, and then Trinidad. I forget Ethiopia. And so, yet again, I was exposed to all these different worldviews, and so that was really special for me. And I, I think that shaped a lot of the way that I see things. Um, as far as work is concerned, I haven't done a whole lot, Joanna. I've, I've been here where I am for the past 17 years. Um, so so I, I finished grad school in 2004. And on my last semester, I got a call from someone who i had been studying with in my undergrad. And he didn't call me because I didn't have a cell phone at the time, but he called my house or where my mom lived and asked for me because they said they were looking for a bilingual therapist at this uh, boarding school. And so my mom told me that and told me the name of the place. Long story short, this is what I've been doing since I graduated grad school. Yeah, And then I studied, I got my PhD while I was, working, um, at NSA. Yeah.
0: Well, and you also have kind of your specific young adult project. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? And then I'll transition to actually talk to you about, the next loaded question.
1: <laughs> OK. Um, so yeah, we um, we put together New Summit Academy in 2005. Um, so we all worked together at another school for a little bit. I was the last one to jump on board. And then um, the school closed in December 2004. And then very quickly, we were asked to keep the project going. Um, by parents of the students who were at this other school. And so we started New Summit Academy, and maybe six or seven years into it, I, I it dawned on me that the kind of experiences that I had gone through in South Africa as a gap year student were so formative, so important to me. And then I started looking around at the people who had been in those kinds of experiences, and they all seemed, quite i don't know just different there was something different about them they had started their own projects early on they seemed like their identity had uh, taken shape early on and so i started thinking that the kinds of students we're working with at a new summit academy um, as young adults would probably benefit from that kind of experience Um, But as I was looking around, there wasn't uh, an experience like that because um, the kinds of gap programs, at least the ones that existed at the time, and I think to a large degree these days, are the ones that kind of drop you in the, the middle of the pool to swim. Um, as opposed to providing you with uh, with the kind of guidance that a lot of people may need in order to survive and thrive in a situation like that. Um, and so I I went to my business partners and I said, hey, I want to start a young adult program. All you have to do is say yes. And they said, they gave me an incredulous yes, like, okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, but that was the origin of the bridge. That was the idea of it was to provide everything that a get, gap your experience provides, um, but with someone walking alongside with you to, to give the support um, that you would need. And also one more thing that was very important to me was the friendships and camaraderie uh, and support from the peer students that were in the program with me when I did it, but I didn't live with them. So that's another thing that the, the bridge does is The community at the house is really important as well. So yeah, we've been, um, the bridge is about a decade old by now. Yeah.
0: That's so exciting. Okay. So here's, here's the rolling out of the loaded question. So having heard about your journey personally and kind of professionally where you are with the bridge, um, the question is, do you see yourself as successful?
1: Yeah. Um, Quite the loaded question. So um, true to the many conversations we have had, I'm going to geek out a little bit. Um, and so kind of ask the question in different ways, if that's okay. So because I don't know what people mean, um, even what you mean when you say successful, right? And I'm sure that that's in a lot of people's minds, right? But um, if being successful is accomplishing one's goals, um then i would probably say that yeah I, i feel successful but then again i don't think that's the important question because success in so many ways is attached to a destiny in some ways and it's in some ways attached to a competitive paradigm right like you've reached something that's kind of high up or it's somewhere forward and I just don't think that that's really what does it for people. Now, people have all the right to have whatever goals they want and whatever paradigm they want. Right. But in my experience working with people in my own life, I feel like what does it is like developing a style for yourself, uh, kind of a, a manner of doing things. And that once you develop that and it's adaptable enough, but firm enough at the same time, then life satisfaction comes around and goals accomplished come around. And uh, and because I'm defining it in such ways, then I, I guess I have to wake up every day. And in this conversation, I have to find my style. And then when I go on to the next thing, I have to find my style as well. But if I'm lucky enough or I've, Kind of explore that enough, then I can sort of carry an essence to wherever I'm going that uh, that is true to me and and that uh, that works well enough. Um, so I find that to be, I guess, the most important piece. I guess to, I guess, the alternative to success I would, that I that I would kind of put forth.
0: Okay, so now I'm going to follow it with another question that I feel like you are going to with your quite um, inquisitive mind will deliver a very powerful message. Having had your own gap year experience right, and having been raised in a very different cultural kind of upbringing rather than what we collectively are kind of generally experiencing within the U.S., What piece of advice would you give a young person right now that is quote unquote struggling?
1: I guess the first thing that I would say is that whatever I'm going to say, and if you're interested in listening, don't take it as a truth, right? Or don't take it as the truth, take it as a truth. And if it doesn't really fit you, then it doesn't really fit you because part of what I'm saying about so-called success or finding your style is that it's all very unique and we live in a world that wants to package things up because it kind of you know it serves the masses or it serves you know some kind of business initiative but the truth of the matter is that we're all so different and so unique Um, now there are some things that I find that that generally work for people and and it's this um, I think it's very important to have what people call a superordinate goal. And that's sort of the highest of all goals. Um, so at the end of the day, if you were to ask yourself why ad nauseum, like you just kind of keep on asking yourself, like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And then you get to, okay, this is the highest umbrella goal that I can think of. Then you found, I guess, what what truly drives you. And then you can dissect that um, to see if whatever you're doing at any given moment really corresponds to that in some sort of way. That superordinate goal, I think, shouldn't be something that you accomplish, but some kind of practice that you think suits you well. So for example, one that, that has stuck out, stuck with me for, uh, through the years is to become a master of the ordinary. That's one of my super ordinary goals. Okay. And so what that means to me is that at any given moment, I want to take in everything from any situation in life. So I don't have to wait sort of for the grand moments in life, but I can, you know, smell the smells and taking the colors and, you know, kind of live the moment as, as precious as it is. And so I think a superordinate goal that, that is a a practice in a way I think is, is very helpful um, because it kind of frames the struggles in a particular way. And sometimes, Sort of weeds out certain struggles that are somewhat constructed um, that don't really contribute a whole lot. Um, that that maybe the person will realize, oh well, I guess I've been doing this just because I thought I had to. But if it's not corresponding to my superordinate goal, then why am I doing it in the first place? Um, the important thing I, I would say to the superordinate goal is that it's a pseudo destination, so it's not necessarily somewhere you're headed, but it somewhat directs you to give you the opportunity to explore and practice. So, I don't know, I like surfing, I guess I'll use a surfing analogy. Um, So, when you're catching a wave, you're kinda headed toward the ocean, I mean, like toward the shore, sorry, But you're not that's really not the point i mean the point is to ride the wave and whatever happens in the wave and so same with the superordinate goal i think that what happens is what happens is in the practice of of surfing the wave and so i I would say that's the second thing is that like even if you were to have a goal like i'm going to get an mba or something like that what's truly important is the process of how you get there and everything that you learn and everything that you experience because getting the piece of paper that says you got an MBA doesn't really amount for much. It's kind of an underwhelming experience Um, and if it's a really great experience to get an MBA then it's really short-lived because right after that then you have to go on to the next thing, right? Um, So I think that Like people say, I guess I'm saying something that's, you know, really common to say, which is it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, that's what comes to mind so far.
0: I like. (laughs) I think if you had started it off by saying it's not about the journey, right, or it is about the journey, it's not about the destination, I don't think it would have had the same profound impact as the delivery in which you just shared that. So, I think that that honestly resonates with, I think that's going to resonate with parents just as much as it will with young adults. So thank you for saying that honestly. So, kind of curious from this point, because obviously this is just a, a sneak peek of Danny, right? Who you are personally and professionally, right? Some of your like inter musings and thinkings. I know that there will be people that will listen to this and and be curious to get to know you and or to learn about the bridge, right? As for a young adult or as a parent of a young adult. So I'm curious if you can share, how can people actually connect with you?
1: So, yeah, the, the website for the bridge is bridgeyoungadults.com. And my my email is danny at bridgeyoungadults.com. And I mean, yeah, I'm passionate about these conversations to a fault. I mean, I, I kind of have to stop myself from just going on and on yeah it's so interesting it's and and i think this age in particular um young adulthood is so interesting because because the world opens up in a way that can be really overwhelming and and really exciting at the same time and balancing that out and, and navigating that is is so interesting um but it can be really daunting and uh, and i think it sets the tone for the years to come in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's there's a lot of challenges these days and 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 not enough guidance it seems. And that's just kind of the way that we've set ourselves up. I, you know, it's not like young know, adulthood's difficult per se. It's just that I mean, in other societies people started doing what they were going to do as adults when they were 5 years old by Going with their uncles and parents, and just doing the same thing, and they just kind of, you know, move to the next plot, and they just keep keep on doing that, and so it's all very uh, sort of seamless. And in our societies, it's not seamless. It's it's very disparate. In fact, we spend a a lot of the the adolescent years um, treating people very differently than they are treated as young adults and expecting different things and so on and so forth and so um, it can be very difficult but it's um, yeah, it's a such an exciting time in life, and there's so much going on with people's brains at the time, and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's really cool to accompany people as they, they find that style in that way and, and so on and so forth. And for us, it's really cool to do it. Now, and I say this all the time, you know, here's something that I think I say almost every time I speak to parents about their young adult is that it's really important for young adults, all people, but young adults in particular, to feel like they are valued, which is not uncommon in society, but that they need to add value. And that I think is much more uncommon in our society. And so for us, it's really important, at least the way we've designed things here in Costa Rica, that the young men that come down here are constantly contributing and realizing that the world needs them because that makes people feel good for one. But most importantly, it's no joke the world actually needs them. And so that's another element that's really exciting about being here in Costa Rica and exploring and befriending people that uh, have a lot to give, but that also need our our students um, to progress and and to accomplish their own goals so um, that's one of the most exciting if not the most exciting thing to me about doing the work we're doing down here at Coast Street, is that reciprocity and um, everybody helping everybody in a way
0: well and I think that's It just reinforces the message of whoever's listening, if you are interested in reaching out to Danny, we will make sure that contact and website is in the show notes. So he said it, folks, directly. He lives and breathes this conversation uh, with the young adults directly and with parents. And so if you're remotely curious, you need to reach out. Danny, thanks for taking the time to actually coordinate an interview with me. It's so good to see your face.
1: I know. I know. We need more of that in person, if possible.
0: Seriously. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world. You can follow me, Joanna, on Instagram at Lily Consulting and on Facebook at Lily Consulting, LLC. Most importantly, though, check out the resources link on my website at LilyConsulting.com. And that's L-I-L-L-E-Y Consulting.com. Or you can just search on Google for Lily Consulting. You can also download and subscribe to listen to the Success is Subjective interviews on any popular podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find comments, contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.